We've all watched cartoons growing up and learned to love them. We watch the final product with sheer joy and entertainment. But do we ever question what goes on behind the scenes and what makes these cartoons maintain such a long run on television? Welcoming our guest for the day is someone with a specialization for visual storytelling, storyboard artist Ryan Augustine. Hi, my name is Keen Pineda, and you're listening to Cartoons and Why We Love Them, where we take a deep dive in the weird and wacky world of cartoons and go more in-depth on what and who is involved in the process of creating a good and memorable cartoon. Hi, Ryan. How are you today? Well, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you so much for joining me on this. I hope you're having a good day. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Awesome. So, we're just going to go ahead and start into it. So, I know that you're a very talented storyboard artist and an illustrator with plenty of work to show for it. But I want to know more about the beginning and how you first started your career. So, can you tell me how your interest in drawing and illustration began? Sure. Yeah, I was always a cartoon kid. Um, always drawing. I was, like, really into... Um, spongebob as a kid and um sonic the hedgehog i was just like so so into it i loved all the like box art for it so i would i would often try to imitate that style um and when i was in grade school i'd even do like little spongebob like comics so i guess that's kind of like the the precursor to to getting into visual sequential storytelling like i do in storyboards but um yeah i was always really into just cartoons and being kind of a a character of a kid like acting out scenes and and repeating them and stuff but um I didn't know that it was like something that people actually did until um I I watched Toy Story and my mom told me that like yeah like people make these things and then later on I saw the back behind the scenes of like uh Monsters Inc and that's when Mm -hmm. I kind of like really getting in depth into like how these things got made and then you know in high school i did like a breakdown of like stop motion and how that gets made and i, I learned a lot I, I was always into flipping through special features on dvds and stuff oh cool so, awesome yeah yeah wow and how old were you when you first kind of started uh getting all interested in it um, like i was drawing since i was like a kid maybe like four or five like all through school i'd be drawing mm. um like I, I distinctly remember in fourth grade is like when people started like asking me to draw them stuff. Um, and then I'd make my own comics at home. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, in grade school completely, I just, there was really nothing else to me, but drawing. Um, so I stuck with it. Okay, cool. And, uh, how often would you draw on like your free time? I would say, I, I mean, if I wasn't like watching stuff or like, um, you know, I was really into Legos too. So if I wasn't like doing that or, or like playing video games, I was drawing for sure. I think I, the, the peak of my like, um, frequency of drawing was in high school. Um, cause I actually took like an art class, like as a period. And, and, um, so I had, a, I had that art class for the last, for the four years that I was in college, uh, high school. I mean, um, okay. so yeah, I mean, at that point it turned into something that I was like trying to sharpen a little bit more than just as a hobby, um, Okay. around that time i'd say cool wow awesome so yeah you've been uh, doing this for quite some time but speaking of school mm-hmm. actually um correct me if i'm wrong but i understand that you started working as an illustrator for midnight kids studios the same year you finished uh your schooling um in college right in 2016 yeah i actually it was like later that year um I kind of started, I got like um, recommended to that studio by an uncle of mine and he was just like, well, they do VFX over there, but like um, he might be able to use you um, as like a, as like an intern type deal. Um, and so I went and he was like, uh, the the guy who ran the studio, uh, Savan Najarian, he initially didn't have any like 
art related work for me he's like well you can just kind of shadow like i won't be able to pay you but then like um i think kind of the next week or something like that um a, a disney show that they were working on needed like a random illustration for like a fake um mobile game mm. and and so um i painted that for them and then through that it just kind of snowballed into like oh well this thing is going on too since you're here can you do it and when i wasn't drawing stuff i was um i was being trained in vfx as well so okay i was kind of utilizing my photoshop skills that i could transfer over into after effects and doing things like um extending sets and like doing green screens and painting out um you know mistakes and camera crew and stuff like that and uh, they taught me a lot there i didn't think i'd be learning that at all wow cool awesome yeah. that yeah I, so since you so you gained all that experience from midnight studios right yeah um midnight kids was a really cool place to be because um we worked on really big stuff but like the the studio was like only like a handful of people like maybe like at probably at the most like eight people at a time wow. um and then at the at the smallest it was like three including like me and and uh the person who ran it and so mm. We'd worked on like Netflix productions, like um, Mystery Science Theater was the first thing that I got to work on. I did like quality control VFX checking for that. Mm. Um, I also did some coordination, like making sure that shots got in and out and, and got delivered to the client and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, Wet Hot American Summer was another one. Um, and it was just cool because it was so it was so creatively unrestricted. Um, and if I wanted to take a shot at doing something and I had no idea how to do it, it was a safe space space for me to learn how to do it um mm. which is actually what led me into storyboarding because i'd never really looked to consider uh to consider storyboarding as a as a career path i'd always thought i was going to do character stuff because I, I like drawing characters everybody does yeah um but at some point he was like you know things are a little bit slower on the vfx end and he was like uh well i've got i've been sitting on this animated short because he'd been he'd worked on animations before like along um like for a big majority of his career he'd um worked on a lot of stuff on the website channel mm -hmm. 101 and yeah he'd had he had shorts sitting around that he you know didn't really have animation people around for because he was doing effects at that time and he was like well would you be interested in like storyboarding this for me and i had never done any storyboarding ever and i was like oh. yeah i mean it sounds like something um because I, I there were rumblings around my um the fr friends that i'd made in the industry that were like yeah storyboarding is like a really great entry um into the industry because because there's a lot of high demand for it and so i was like well you know i take a crack at it and um just did a few things after that and and wound up getting work for it later oh cool so so you were kind of just thrown into storyboarding and it just really worked out for you <laughs> so far that's actually really awesome so would you say that going into like the animation industry would you say like it's kind of like when you go in with the for sure plan, you're going to go through with it? Or do you think anything could happen and change? Because you went in with a different, yeah. you know, goal and now you're a storyboard artist. Yeah, I think the thing that I find very, very consistent across everyone that I ever ask about what their path is like is that it's all so different. Um, mm. And, you know, I'm really... I, I, I feel terrible that I don't know how to answer this question when folks ask because I, I would have loved to know the answer to that when I was looking in, but um, I never really have the answer of of how do you get in, right? Because it, it is such a combination of um, the the grinding of your skill, um, the 
the networks that you create, the the generosity of the people around you. Like honestly, none of the work that I've got, I don't think I just straight up applied for and they said like, oh, this guy's great. Let's do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was so much more on the shoulders of the people that had good things to say about me. And that's a lot of how this industry works. And um, like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the opportunities that I have if it weren't for the grace of the people that I was involved with um, at, at one point or another. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So a majority of this uh, industry is connections, right? Definitely. And um, it's a very social um, industry and it's, it's also very tight knit. So everybody sort of has each other's back. Um, but it, it really does behoove you to just kind of like, um, you know, be as present as you can in social situations where people have similar interests, um, as you, and, uh, to kind of expand your, your, your network of colleagues. Um, you know, a lot of people sort of think that networking is like upward, you know, like I, I, when I first, first got here, I was just kind of roaming around Burbank, like sitting around at cafes or, or bars and stuff thinking I was just going to bump into some industry professional. It's like, totally, that's not how it works. <laughs> um, the way that it works is you meet other people that are like trying to do the same thing as you. And, um, you know, kind of have a similar timeline on, on, on where they've been and what they've been doing and, um, you help each other out. Um, okay. So, yeah. so was doing, uh, something like that. Cause you said that you started off like uh, going to, you know, ca- cafe shops was doing that at the beginning, like something that was difficult to transition out of and then like get out of your comfort zone to start talking to people. Or were you always like willing to connect with others? Um, I'd say that I've always been kind of a, um, I mean, I'm kind of a talky guy. <laughs> um, I I don't find it too difficult to like strike up conversations with folks, but it, it always has to be in an appropriate setting, right? Like, yeah. um, um, you know, I, I wasn't just going to go around imposing myself on people that I thought were important, um, mm. uh, because that's not a, it's not like a genuine way to strike up, you know, um, a connection. And so, I actually I'm really lucky to have found out that like there were storyboard classes going on at, at society of illustrators la and um this is around the time i had like just done one storyboard for that for that for midnight kids mm-hmm. and um i was like okay i might want to actually like look into getting some professional instruction because at that time everything was taught by me just looking up stuff studying film and then um obviously Sivan on at midnight kids being my kind of director you know mm-hmm. and so um I decided to take a class and through that you meet a lot of artists and there's a lot of, um, there's also a ton of life drawing groups and, um, uh, just around Burbank and LA that, um, I try to make an effort to go to every week. And, and just by going to those groups, everybody's there doing the same thing. They're just trying to get better at drawing. And so, um, during breaks we'd talk and like, and yeah, I've met a lot of cool people through that and meeting them introduced me to things like networking events, um, at, uh, organizations like women in animation or mm-hmm. creator society. Um, so there's a lot of, there's those mixers, you know, where everybody that meets at a bar for yeah. the purpose of talking about animation and, and expanding your, um, introduction to people who are wanting to do things like you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. Cause, um, it, it, it was just very interesting to me how you kind of just get thrown into that. I mean, that, that you have to just start being able to, make connections not left and right but you just really need to be able to talk to others who work in what you work into you know so yeah but um i i want to ask was it kind of was it like how difficult was it to transition from school since you graduated uh in uh, 2016 from school to 
being in that environment and where you have to make all those connections and then you ended up going so far with it how like did like did you feel ready for any of that or was it all just you know new yeah i think like emotionally i was ready for it like i I just i came out i moved down here like knowing that this is what i wanted to do because i'm not like from around here so like making the conscious decision to pick up and leave um to to make something like that happen like i'd already Mm -hmm. had that um intention right and I'd, i'd been like interviewing for uh, an internship in Nickelodeon and, um, you know, it, it didn't really pan out. And so the thing that was difficult was really moving out here, not knowing anyone. Like, mm. um, I had my core group of artist friends from college and, um, they were kind of my lifeline. They were my support group, right. In terms of just getting better and, um, kind of understanding the struggle of being an art person, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, and so coming out here, like not knowing anyone, I, um, I did start it at mid kids, but I was working like part time. And that whole time it was just like, yeah, I'm not meeting any artists. Like I'm not like connecting with anyone. Um, and you know, social media helps a lot, especially because like, if you are in the area, um, one of my dear friends now that I've, um, that I first met when I moved out here is like, she was coming from Michigan and it's like, um, we first met at a drawing group. Mm. Um, so it helped being able to connect that way and like expand your network online and then find out like who's nearby and, and, um, who's going to the same events and stuff like that. It's like, Oh, well, like, you know, if, if I'm going to drawing groups, then, then I'm opening the door for me to like make more art friends. And, um, I think like the thing that I, I know is hard for a lot of, um, a lot of artists is because like there's kind of this idea that like we're um a little quieter we're like you know we like to make art so we're just spending a lot of our time doing that (laughs) yeah um and so um i hate to break the heart of folks that like you know uh sort of think that there's a freelance life that you can that you can kind of live without having to interact with folks i'm you absolutely can pull that off but i also think it's a balance between um you know, having good work to show and then being able to show it. Yeah, for Um, sure. Because, like, for some folks, they'll feel like that their art will just carry them completely and they won't have to, like, put in the effort to, to, um, to make genuine connections with folks. And, like, some, some people do. Some people have, like, such an incredible portfolio that's just kind of, like, they're sought after. Um, but that's not ever, ever a stand-in for being, like, um, pleasant to work with. Yeah. Um, even if you're not a super social guy, like if you're a person or, um, just artist, right. Uh, I'm speaking in terms of me, like, you know, just yeah. getting a little more social, but, um, yeah, if you're not a particularly social person, then, um, it's, I, I'd say it's a skill that takes as much attention crafting as, as maybe your art does. Um, which, you know, it can be difficult and kind of mm. scary, but, but I, I also feel like that's not unique to animation. I feel like getting yeah. work and, being being uh being easy to work with is is valuable in any field you know Mm -hmm. yeah that actually kind of reminds me of my next question do you think like how beneficial do you think it is for people who want to work in this or who feel like they already have natural talent to take some Mm -hmm. classes and to pursue that 
interest and take actual courses to you know better it because you know some people just feel like i got it like how you just said like i got it and that's it do you think it's extremely beneficial to take classes and courses to actually further improve it for like for me personally i would i would say yes i I know that a lot of folks um you know have their ideas of whether they need to or not you know if they're working they're working then that's kind of it Mm -hmm. but um um i am just the type of person that loves to just kind of absorb more and more um and overwhelmingly a lot of the people that i meet uh, in this industry are still really excited to continue studying because there's just this understood idea that like we're never going to be like a master at this thing but even if you do get to the point where you feel like that there is still so much to learn and um it's changing constantly um in in a in a really exciting way and Mm -hmm. um you know, uh, I think that like, it would have probably been easy for me to look at that and be like, Oh, that's too much. That's so daunting. Like, you know, how can I even begin to tackle that? But, um, you know, it eventually turned into this thing where it's like, yeah, I could continue getting better at this for the rest of my life. And I never reach a cap where it's like, all right, I'm done, you know? Um, so like, I, I do really encourage folks that have that kind of energy about it to like, yeah, seek out classes. Like I, I was taking a figure drawing class, um, before pandemic hit, um, because I'd never gotten a a formal anatomy instruction Mm -hmm. in school. So I had to look for that and I was like really, really jazzed about it. And then everything shut down, which is unfortunate. Um, but I, I fully intend on like going back out and looking for more classes that, you know, I, I know folks that have been in this industry way longer than me that continue to take classes Mm. and, um, and, you know, I think that's what makes it feel cool because you just continue to learn stuff. Yeah, for sure. I actually want to come back to that a little bit later. But for right now, I want to talk about something more recent. So I understand that you're currently working for Titmouse, right? I am, yes. Yeah, could you tell me about your experience there so far? Uh, yeah, I so this is my first uh, gig at like a studio that is um, that is union. Mm-hmm. Um, because at Midnight Kids, it was, we, were, we were all... Uh, freelancers at the time um so and i was just kind of scrapping around trying to find work that was consistent anyway and luckily i was able to stay there for like two years um and they kept me but um the way that i landed that was same thing connections like i'd known a guy for about a year he had a birthday party i went to the birthday party i talked to someone who was um leaving a show at tim house and they were like you know, would you like me to put in a good word for you? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and, um, course, yeah. yeah. And I, and I tested for it and by like some, uh, you know, some miracle I got in and, um, the culture of the studio is so cool. Like, um, it's very, very artist centric. Um, uh, I'm not too sure if you've, if you're familiar with like a lot of their, their past work, but they, they do a lot. Of, uh, they've done a lot of stuff for adult swim. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, they've also expanded into working on like Disney junior shows mm-hmm. and, um, DreamWorks shows. And so we're kind of this interesting, um, production house where we also handle some animation. Um, but then we also do like the, the front end of it, uh, just like any other studio. Um, mm. so like it, it's, it, it was really tantalizing the idea of like moving into maybe an animated a project on, at that studio that like is um, actually the job of animating it. Cause a, a lot of times in other studios, right? Like um, 
if a, if a show is done frame by frame or like CG animated, there's a section of that that gets outsourced to um, either Canada or Korea, just like somewhere out of the U.S., right? There's no, there's very few positions where a person is actually doing the frame by frame animating, right? Like, yeah. um, but Tim Mouse is a studio that does stuff like that. And so um, I really do feel like everybody's just like, I, I don't know, everybody I've met there is super cool. And I'm, I'm still a little bit starstruck about it, but um oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a very cool place to be. Cool, awesome. Well, I gotta ask, what what was the first project that you started to work on while you were there? I am so I worked on two seasons of of the Netflix show Big Mouth. Oh wow. Um, yeah, and uh, I have now transitioned onto a show that they recently announced. Um, I I don't know how much is out about it, so I'll stay safe and not say too much. But um, <laughs> okay. but uh, all in all, it's my third like animated season there. And um, there's a situation that's set up where I could potentially be there for the next, like, year or so, wow. um, which is really, really, um, yeah, wow, exactly. Because, like, <laughs> it's really rare that you get a project that lasts longer than six months, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so you don't, like, ever know if you're going to be able to roll onto something else um, unless that studio is just super busy, which, like, Tim House is one of those studios where there's always something going on. Um and, um, but being able to look forward to, to like consistent work without like the, um, semi-annual, like four month long hiatus, which is very, very common, mm-hmm. um, is, is very reassuring because, you know, it, a lot of what you're doing at the time that you're working is, is like chipmunking your like money away mm. and just kind of like, uh, really hanging onto it for the possibility of like having four months of like no work at all. Yeah. And so not having to like worry too much about that. I still get anxiety about it or it's like, oh, I don't know, something, anything could happen, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so for, yeah, for good uh, reason, I try to, yeah. I try to stay prepared. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but no, it, it's been a great experience. My, my, my crew is incredible. Everybody's so talented. Um, and everybody just like really knows how to run this show. Um, and everyone's nice like that's such a big deal is like um i remember interviewing for it and one of the criteria was that i wasn't an (laughs) a-hole and so like uh, oftentimes they prioritize that over like how well you can draw because it's like you know yeah um yeah because that shows yeah because that shows how uh how you can work with other people you know because like you said Mm -hmm. earlier some people just go in feeling like they're it and then right you can't work with others yeah Wow, and cool. luckily, I've never like I've never butted up against that. I've never like ran into a production where like I had to kind of deal with like somebody who really just thought they were the hot shot of the show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, that's great. And um, it, everybody's so ready to just kind of like boost somebody up about over about their work. And so, oh, that's um, cool that there's a positive environment there. But what uh what encounters have or what challenges have you encountered so far though with uh with just being not a tip mouse but just working on some of the projects that they have there. What are some of the challenges that you've encountered? I think uh it's more from like it's definitely more from like a self-care perspective where um you know it's it's very easy to kind of fall into the trap of like being a new artist at a at like a, a kind of making the first big step in your in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out of Midnight Kids, you know, I was very I was treated very well there, and um, I was 
I was really excited to have it be like the first real big stepping stone. Um, and then, so you take that next step in your career and you have to kind of adjust to, um, the workload and the deadlines and, and, um, and I've never felt like terribly under the thumb mm-hmm. on this, on any production, like every, they've all run so smoothly. I'm like very surprised that that's not often the, um, story that you hear in animation. Um, sometimes everybody's doing the best that they can, but like, uh, you know, things hit snags and, and, and people end up working longer, um, hours and stuff like that. But, um, not so on this show. So like, luckily I can report that that's, that isn't one of the problems. Um, but it's more like personally just kind of finding time to continue to be artistic outside of work. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's kind of this switch that happens when before you're working, um, at a studio or, you know, working on a show that you, that is like kind of bigger than you, you know, yeah. um, it, it goes from being this like really rose colored, like, dream of a job into being like oh this is like a job job you know mm-hmm. um you know i'm expected to be there at a certain time i'm expected to be very professional the entire time um which should be expected of anyone yeah, but of but um what is different is that you don't realize the toll it takes on you like maybe physically and artistically you know mm. um because i'm drawing because this is my thing now is that i monetize my hobby and i no longer have a hobby yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so you know i'd look forward to coming home and drawing when i was working a job that didn't have anything to do with art because that's all i wanted to do yeah um and then you start working an art job and it's, it's exciting and fulfilling and like really wonderful to be fed by the people around you but then you get home and it's like well i've been drawing all day i don't want to like continue drawing yeah um and I, I like envy my friends that can do that or they do it. They, they draw as a way to outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I am not that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really, I really try to make an effort to separate my personal life from my work life because then in my personal life, that gives me room to be creative. Um, Ooh, wow. That's a good point. Yeah. And mm-hmm. honestly, like that's the, one of the struggles uniquely about this year specifically is having to merge those mindsets because the desk that I came home to, to play games at and like draw for fun is mm-hmm. now the same desk that I draw for work. Mm-hmm. So I find myself at the end of my day, clocking out, turning everything off and like wanting to be away from my desk. And so that's another big, um, hurdle to get over mentally in terms of wanting to stay creative right but you know i I think it really is important to carve out that time because um there there may come a time when you are tired of working on things for other people and and Mm -hmm. you want to continue to make things for you you know so sure yeah actually uh to talk about your art style i actually want to ask how would you describe (laughs) your art style because that was a perfect transition how would you describe (laughs) your art style (laughs) um that's interesting i've actually like never been asked that really um I mean, I'd say it's like fairly, um, I try to be wholesome. Like I just, it's not that I try to be, it's just like, that's the thing that comes naturally to me. Like in terms of, um, like I like drawing little moments, um, or, um, I tend to get driven to draw a thing when there's like kind of a specific thing that I'm chasing, like a feeling or, or an attitude. Like, um, I'd, I'd seen a video of somebody dancing and like, the mood is just very carefree, very like, um, it, it wasn't calculated. It was, it was very just, I'm dancing because I feel like dancing. And so mm-hmm. that drove me to want to draw because it's that sort of feeling like I want to draw to feel like I'm drawing, but also I wanted to capture like the movement and the weight shift of that, 
of that dance that I saw. And so mm-hmm. oftentimes it'll be something like that, like a light, uh, like a, a lighting mood will hit me or something like that. But I would describe it as kind of, um, just moments, I guess. I, I try to capture mm-hmm. some moments, but I, I really want to get into more like drawing, um, like scenes. Like uh, I have friends that do comics of their about their life, and um, it's always really interesting to see. And, and it's just kind of like I should get better at that as a as a sequential storyteller. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I I grew up on traditional yeah. animated films, so a lot of that kind of seeps in. And, and uh, you know, uh, I, oftentimes I'm just influenced by what's interesting, but to me at that moment, you know. Okay, cool. So you're trying to capture like the genuine, the genuine moment, and I I feel like I completely understand. I feel like some people would have trouble trying to understand that phrase, but I I feel like that makes complete sense. I think it's the thing is like um, <clears throat> when I was younger, I used to draw things that just like looked cool to me, right? Like I would try to imitate yeah. it, right? Yeah. Um, and I mean, of course, that's going to be the first stage because you're you're learning to speak the language. You know, you're like mm-hmm. you as a young person doing art, you're you're learning your words, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But in this terms, your, your words are your drawings, your, like, your visual language. And as you get older, you learn more words, and then you start kind of forming sentences of your own. Um, and, you know, you, be kind of, you kind of create your own artistic, artistic voice as you go along, like, you know, figuring out what it is you want to say with those words. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, I don't, you know, I may talk a lot verbally, but in my art, I usually like to keep things kind of like concise to a specific um like i walked home bringing home groceries once and i walked past a cat that was sleeping and i was like i don't know that was like a moment that i saw in my head so i was like mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna draw it you know um so wow. yeah it, it's a lot more quieter stuff i think no yeah that honestly completely makes sense at least for me from my perspective that completely makes sense you, you just try to capture again that specific moment but um, I got to ask, like, because I can't be the only one who who is able to see this. Where can other people find your work and examples of your work? Sure. Uh, I try to post on Instagram as much as possible. Um, but uh, it is Ryagumon, R-Y-A-G-U-M-O-N. Um, primarily, that's where I po- try to post as much art as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I actually I also found um a bunch of storyboards on your website as well, and I gotta ask yeah. about them. Uh, uh, what did you exactly do to work on them? Did you write them as well, or did you just draw them from these other stories? So, there. I think I'm trying to I'm trying to remember my samples. Uh, there's there's one that was an assignment for a class actually. Uh, that first storyboard class that I took with um a storyboard artist named Peter Paul, mm-hmm. and um one of the assignments was, um, you know, just storyboarding a sequence that was like in a, in, in a, I don't want to give too much about his assignments cause he might want to like <laughs> reveal that on his own. Yeah. But, um, ultimately it was just like, in kind of a restricted area and, um, grounded to an object, you know what I mean? So like I decided to put two people at a table and yeah, I got the opportunity to kind of just like write up a small scenario and it's like it's nothing insane or dramatic or anything like that but um yeah that's kind of a fun part about storyboarding is that you can kind of come up with stuff and like see if it works and see if it doesn't and like um i think another sample was boards that i did for a short film somebody that asked me to do um another sample was one that i made specifically to just add samples to my portfolio Mm -hmm. um but you know i really do plan on like 
updating that as much as possible because uh, I'm always learning new things. Um, yeah, yeah, that's actually pretty cool. And I got to ask before we end up tying this all up, what's your process for creating storyboards and for making them? Like, like what, what is your artistic process for coming up with the idea and, for, and uh, bringing it to life? And what exactly do you use, like the programs and software do you use to, to bring them to life? Yeah, I think in terms of, like, the inception of a storyboard, it usually just comes with, like, an idea um, of something that I notice kind of, like, in my immediate life or um, just kind of, uh, like, turning turning something that I, that I experience into a story that, like, may not be about directly me, but um, a character that you can kind of project onto. And then from there, um, I might write out, like, a... a a rough kind of outline on, on like what happens. Um, but typically then you go into like the thumbnailing process, which is just these like scribbles inside a frame about the size of a screen. Um, uh, about as small as that, as, as is useful still. Yeah. And, you know, you just get your sense for composition and your shot flow and stuff like that. And I do that all on paper cause I still like doodling around on paper, scribbling things out when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I usually, when I'm, pretty satisfied about the shot progression and stuff and i've got everything kind of planned out then i'll move into um depending on what um i guess depending on the style of the of the board like if it's if it's something a little more punchy more more um more funny more graphic um i'll want to do it in storyboard pro because i mean that's the professional software that gets used for tv animation um so i'm very familiar with that program now because i work on that on a day to day. Um, but if I'm wanting to do something a little more dramatic, more moody, I need to get more like lighting, um, as a tool to, uh, storytell a little bit more too. Um, I'll go into Photoshop, which typically is what, um, feature storyboard artists do as well. Mm, Um, so it really just depends on the type of mood that I'm trying to get out of my boards. Like if I can, if I can, add a little bit of tone, a little bit of lighting, I'll go to Photoshop. If I want it to be fast and punchy and graphic, then I'll do it in Storyboard Pro. Okay, cool. And like to, to continue uh, talking about your art style, so you said before you would draw inspirations from other cartoons that you would watch and imitate uh-huh. and draw. What are your inspirations for it now? Oh. You know, it's really interesting because I feel like the, the broader group of art- artists that I interact with now, I actually pull a lot of inspiration from the people around me because, um, you know, when it comes to films, there's, there's kind of a, uh, there's kind of an agreed upon, um, like style that they'd be going for. Like the studio has decided kind of like, and, and curated and, and committed a little bit about like, you know, our film is going to look like this, right? And even though they're all made up of like individual artists with their own taste that is informing that, um, me looking at artists that are around me and um, doing what I do, um, admittedly better, <laughs> um, uh, I get inspired by that because um, mm-hmm. there's a bit of a, uh, there's a bit of a disconnect looking at a studio and being like, oh, like you know, that's so beyond me, right? But um, you know when you're looking at artists as individuals and, and, and people that you may have even had conversations with in the past, it's like, what is it that, about their vision that is appealing to me? And how does that speak to the way that I look at the world? Wow. Um, okay. So 
it's it's almost like I, I'm having this like one way conversation of, with other people's art and um, kind of using it as a mirror of like, oh, I like this. Why is it that I like this? Mm-hmm. And and then trying to fit that into the lens of when I look at the world, what I see mm-hmm. and what do I have to say about it? Um, and so, yeah, the people around me, for sure. Um, I, I get really excited in terms of visual styles when um, studios kind of break away from the, the way that things have looked for a little while. Like everybody really, really loves to talk about Spider-Verse because yep. um, they really made a big dent in like how CG animation could look. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really enjoy um, Gendy Tartakovsky's work on movies like Hotel Transylvania or like even um, Samurai Jack and stuff like that. Oh, wow, cool. um, because they... I, there's not a huge influence of it in my work, but um, it's still really stimulating for me to see um, such a pushing of forms and such a cleanliness of silhouette that I that it's something that I try to think about whenever I am composing something. I want it to be as clear as possible. Um, but you know, I it also is informed a lot about like where I'm looking forward to in my future about like what I what the types of projects I'd want to I'd want to work on and. Um, what it is that I have to say that aligns with what they're already saying, you know? Mm, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, Ryan, um, it looks like we're starting to run out of time now or we're well over our time now. Um, is there anything oh. else you'd like to say in regards to what we discussed or anything just in general that you would like the people who are listening to know? Um, there's, I don't know if there's like anything really new I could say that you may not have heard from another artist, but like if you're drawing now and you love drawing, keep drawing. Um, and you know, it's going to feel like it sucks sometimes. And I often feel that as well. But the thing to feel good about is that everybody still feels like they're working on things. So um, you might as well join them. <laughs> I, I think that's a great statement. All right. I'd like to thank our guest, Ryan Augustine, for taking the time to speak with us on this lovely day and allowing us to have such an interesting conversation. Don't forget to check out Ryan's Instagram and Twitter, Ryan Guman, as, w- as well as his website, RyanAugustineIllustration.com. Thank you for listening to Cartoons and Why We Love Them. Have a good rest of your day. I'm your host, King Pineda, reporting for kpcradio.com.